Roswell Park Cancer Institute is dedicated to providing cancer patients, survivors, and family members inspirational stories, wellness tips, and the latest cancer news. Here's another episode in our podcast series, Cancer Talk with Bill Klaproth. Living with, through, and beyond cancer will certainly change her life. And then cancer survivorship can present its own challenges. And here to talk with us about cancer survivorship is Dr. Mary Reed, Director of Cancer Screening and Survivorship at Roswell Park Cancer Institute. Dr. Reed, thank you for your time today. So let's start with this. What's most challenging about life after cancer? Um, Well, there are a lot of challenges. And I think one thing that cancer patients really focus on is, you know, surviving treatment and getting to that point where they um, are no longer being treated and they don't have an active cancer, but the story doesn't really end there. And I think anyone who's been through the process knows that there are oftentimes residual effects from surgery or radiation or chemo that you have to live with. And it's a period where you really want to get back to your normal life, but you're not exactly the same. And I think um, most of the time we're not really preparing cancer patients as they go through treatment as to what effects may be ongoing, what they should plan to do during the survivorship period, which, you know, really starts when treatment ends. So some of the challenges are that you have, um, your body has scars that you may have had parts of your internal or external, you know, body parts removed. Uh, many times family, the family dynamic is still stressed by the cancer diagnosis, uh, from the financial strain of cancer treatment. Um, you oftentimes have physical limitations, nutritional challenges, um, There's a lot of psychosocial um, aspects to surviving cancer that um, you want to deal with so that you can get back to whatever this normal is for you. And it's it's also an opportunity to change maybe some of the habits that you had before you got diagnosed so that you can help to uh, keep the cancer from coming back or at least least live a high quality of life. And I think we we really, patients need to go into the cancer treatment period, understanding that when it's all over, you know, there is still some work to do. Um, And, um, you know, there are are lots of support services for patients. And part of the challenge we find, too, is really during this period to keep the conversation going and helping patients to network in to those support services that they really need. So there's a lot going on there, and getting through treatment obviously is the main goal, but then regular follow-up care is vitally important for all the reasons you just stated. Right. It's really important. You know, when you finish treatment, your oncologist, regardless of what specialty they're in, really uh, provides a roadmap to say you will have testing at this interval for a year and then the next year. Uh, So you oftentimes do get when you need surveillance uh, screening or imaging to um, detect any recurrence of your primary cancer. For instance, there are other cancer screenings that patients have put off during their treatment. So it's really important that not only do you want to keep up with 
the regular and regimented testing for your primary cancer, you also want to get back into routine screenings for the other cancers. Um, there's nothing more tragic than someone surviving a cancer only to you know, um, be um, impacted by a second uh, advanced stage cancer that could have been prevented. So we really want to, you know, during the survivorship period to make sure people stay on track. There are guidelines for how often they should have um, surveillance uh, imaging or testing. And then to re-engage them in the other kind of screening tests for cardiovascular disease through their primary care doctor or other cancers through uh, the cancer center so that they they get back into that kind of state of uh, adhering to what the guidelines say for either the cancer they had or the cancers that they might go on to develop. So regular maintenance after cancer is so important and for normal health care that may be neglected. And Dr. Reed, what are some long-term effects that may not appear until well after cancer treatment? So there are, and I think the best example are, is uh, pediatric uh, cancer survivors and young adults who are treated for adult cancers at a young age. We know from the literature and the experience of pediatric cancer survivors that they can be treated and survive their cancer, you know, uh, when they're 10 years old. But around the age of 30, late 20s to 30s, some of the side effects of treatment can emerge. Sometimes this is about their heart. They can develop things like uh, congestive heart failure because of the toxicity that the drugs did on their hearts. Um, they can have fertility issues. They can de start to develop second uh, cancers uh, related to the exposure of their treatments at a young age. Um, it's very well um, described in the pediatric literature and even for young adults, say, who get breast cancer in their 20s, you know, by the time they get to be 30 and 40, they've lived with this, um, you know, post-cancer period for, you know, 10 to 20 years. But the, the drugs um, that they took could still do damage, and that's when it emerges. We, we also know that uh, women, uh, for instance, treated with breast cancer in their 40s could live to be 80 years old. And again, um, whatever kind of treatment they got may pose risks it could increase their risk of second cancers. We know that several of the treatments for bone marrow transplant for lymphoma and leukemia really put predispose those survivors to second cancers five, ten years after treatment's finished. So it's really important, I think, as people emerge into this survivorship period that not only do they understand what tests are ongoing, but they really need to be educated in terms of what risks they have for other um, diseases and other cancers. Um, again, because you, you, know, you educate people, they can proactively address some of these risks. They can make sure that they have the kind of testing they need uh, when they're in that highest risk period. Um, and they can educate their families because, again, you know, cancer isn't just impacting one person. So you really need your support system to be on top of things to get you in um, to, you know, the best kind of proactive mode so that you aren't, you know, suffering from the effects of cancer treatment. Right. Proactive mode. I like how you put that. And can you talk to us about Chapter 2 and tell us what that is? 
So we, um, you know, decided to name our survivorship workshop. This is the first one that we've been, um, that we um, have going at Roswell. It's called Chapter 2 because it's really um, kind of demarcates that period after you have gotten through the cancer. And, you know, we people are courageous during the cancer treatment period, and, you know, you see that all the time. In Chapter 2, it's really this new um, new lease on life. Uh, you, you know, you've, you've made it through treatment and we want people to know what the options are so that they can, um, uh, take advantage of, say, other ways of living, get nutrition support, uh, get physical therapy support. And so we've, uh, we've organized this conference both to educate people who are survivors on what the issues are and their caregivers. We're, we're really encouraging the family members or the caregivers to attend the conference uh, because we know they're also impacted um, by being with someone who survived cancer. But we also want people to have options. Like they may have thought, you know, maybe yoga will help me um, stretch and, you know, kind of get past some of the physical side effects of treatment, but I don't want to, I don't know who to contact. So we're providing a series of 45-minute workshops on a variety of, um, of support services, spirituality, yoga, physical therapy, nutrition. They can pick three um, uh, workshops to go to so that they can get sort of the beginning education and find out, you know, will this help me? Is this something I've always wanted to try, but I, I don't really know what it's about? And, you know, again, it's really about... or. Uh, education and giving people access to services that they can personalize and really be in control of how they regain their their normalcy, whatever that whatever that is, that they can um, find some peace of mind, that they can address some of the, you know, the the you know having cancer is a shock to the system, and it and it takes a while to sort of get past this um, the impact that it has on your psychology, and so we really want to provide people with the time to have the conversation, to ask as experts, and to experience some of the things they may have always wanted to try to see if those will help them to live better lives because, you know, we all know it's about quality of life. You know, you can survive cancer, but what's really meaningful about that is you have to get to a quality of life that makes life rich, uh, leads people to lead their best lives after cancer because, you know, you can, you know, be a survivor for 10, 20, 30 years and you want to really pack in the best life you can during that period. So chapter two, it sounds like it's very beneficial in turning the page on a new chapter in life after cancer. And lastly, Dr. Reed, can you tell us about survivorship in the Supportive Care Center at Roswell Park Cancer Institute? Well, I'd love to. It's a, it's a new service. We Our clinic um, is in the new building, um, the Clinical Science Center, uh, attached to the, um, the Roswell Park uh, Hospital. Um, it's on the third floor. It opened uh, just this winter. We have a, a full staff um, in uh, the survivorship clinic, and um, it sort of has two functions. One is that um, long-term survivors uh, when they no longer need to see their oncology team, can come to this clinic. We'll perform all the surveillance and screening tests that the um, oncology team has asked for. But we'll also network people into support services that are either available at Roswell or in the community because, we, again, we want to empower people to make choices about how they lead this next part of their life. We also want to um, 
support um, the generation of care plans so that when you finish treatment, you're actually given the plan by your oncology team that outlines both um, the schedule of tests, what issues they think you might have, and in, in, uh, encourages people to get some other referrals to some of those support services. It's uh, formatted to communicate back to their primary care doctor so that there's an understanding of what tests can be done in the community versus what tests we want to have done at Roswell. And, and then from beyond that, if someone wants to come up to the clinic and see our practitioner, uh, get networked into support services, have an assessment, we have a psychologist in the clinic, we're um, hiring our, our own nutritionist, uh, social work is there. We're closely linked with PT uh, and OT and lymphedema um, treatments. So we have a very nice uh, network based in that clinic. And patients can come in. It doesn't mean they have to leave their oncologist because, you know, you've developed a relationship. Oftentimes that person uh, saved your life. And, um, and we, but we want to provide the service because we, we really know that the sooner someone who is a survivor gets into um, you know, gets back to their normal, um, gets back to their physical sense of well-being and their quality of life. We know they do better. We know they survive longer, and um, and we'll, we'll we'll do whatever we can to facilitate that. So, I think this is really a great addition to how we care for our patients at Roswell. It's very patient focused, um, and it really puts the power and control and the kind of the control over their destiny back in the patients. Um, court so that they can make decisions and uh, about how they're going to lead their lives going forward. Well, that's great information, and it sounds very comprehensive, as you would expect at Roswell Park Cancer Institute. Dr. Reed, thank you so much for your time today. For more information, visit roswellpark.org. That's roswellpark.org. You're listening to Cancer Talk with Roswell Park Cancer Institute. I'm Bill Klaproth. Thanks for listening.